Welcome to Do It For The Process, a podcast for artists, creatives, and those who are creatively curious. This podcast explores the intersection between art and business, and we may just discover that they're not actually that different. I'm your host, Emily Jeffords. I'm an artist, mother, educator, and founder of the hashtag Do It For The Process. I know firsthand the joys and the struggles that come from being a working creative, and I'm here to shed some light and hope on your path. You are not alone in this. Hey guys, welcome to the second part of our conversation about creating authentic art, AKA our conversation around copying in the creative community. Now, this has not been an easy conversation for me to record. Thank you so much for the flood of messages and emails and DMs I've gotten about last uh, the last episode two weeks ago. It was it was beautiful. The conversation that sprung out of that um, that episode was just really encouraging for me. So thank you so so much for all of that. This week I'm coming to you from Europe. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, I am coming to you from a secret location somewhere in Europe, which I'll probably end up sharing on my Instagram stories because I'm not a very secretive person. We are headed to Europe for the Spanish Willow Gathering, the creative retreat that I put on with many, many creative women. It's going to be so beautiful. The retreat begins October 1st. Follow along on Instagram if you would like to see all the beauty, see all the events. But before that begins, and where I am right now, is somewhere else. And we are scouting out the location for the 2020 creative retreat. So follow along on Instagram if you're curious about where we might be headed. I am excited to find out myself, to be honest. Okay, before we get started with this episode, I would like to tell you about a free guide that I've created called How to Sell Art. Now, this guide will help you sell your own work. It will give you some practical tips and advice and methods for selling your work effectively online. It's called How to Sell Your Art Online, Five Tips for Attracting Your Collectors Online. You can get the guide at emilyjeffords.com forward slash how to sell art emilyjeffords.com forward slash how to sell art. I hope it's really helpful for you. I just made a quick and wonderful little PDF. It's beautiful. It is effective. And I think it'll be really inspiring to you. So go check that out again, emilyjeffords.com forward slash how to sell art. Super simple. Okay, two weeks ago, as I said, we talked about how to create authentic art from the point of view of someone that may be a little bit too inspired by another artist. Now, I am not trying to call anybody out. I am not picking on anybody. I am talking very generally from all of our collective experiences. Creating art is not easy. It is not an effortless process. I don't know if you've tried it, but it is not the easiest thing in the world. It's easy to doodle, well, kind of. It's easy to scribble, well, kind of. You're you're getting the point, like it's it's not an effortless process and it takes a lot of innovation and a lot of creativity and a lot of waiting for inspiration to really become your own. And a lot of, of honestly training your brain and your hands to work together. And it can be really tempting to want to skip part of that hard work by being a little bit too inspired by someone else's efforts. Someone else has already put in the work to find something that resonates and that is beautiful and balanced and full of inspiration and full of perspective and life. 
And if you just look at their work enough, you can emulate that in your own. Now, it doesn't always work that way, as we talked about. It doesn't, it definitely doesn't feel as good. It definitely doesn't feel, oh my gosh, if you ever had the experience of creating your own work and really resonating with it and really watching it resonate with your audience and with your collectors, that feeling cannot be replicated. It cannot be replaced by anything else. And to feel something that is a facsimile of that, but weaker and diluted and a bit sour is just so unfulfilling. So the last episode is very much focused on creating your own work. And I give you some really practical tips for how to do that, how to make sure your work is authentic and beautiful and ways that you can learn from artists because you should be learning. We should all be learning. We should all be gathering inspiration and gathering knowledge. And there are certainly ways to do that ethically and in a healthy way and in a way that's going to truly inspire your work and make you a really, really good artist. So go back and listen to the last episode if you haven't yet. That's kind of the foundation. Um, And then come back to this episode and we can just dig into all the good stuff kind of from the other perspective. So what to do if your work is possibly being copied or if you are heavily inspiring somebody or if you just feel like you're a little bit nervous to put your work out into the world because it might be copied or it might be abused in this way. Okay, let's go ahead and dive in. The first thing that I want to talk about is the fact that everything is a remix. Everything builds upon something that came before it. Nothing is original. Don't get all holy and put your work on a pedestal without also acknowledging the massive amounts of inspiration that went into the formation of your work, the creation, the execution, the the inspiration, the, the long lineage of people that came before you that said, you can be a painter, you can be a ceramicist, you can be a sculptor, you can be a fabric designer, you can be whatever your thing is. There is a lineage of people that came before you that said, this is a career path. You can do this. And that's just, it gives me chills. I go to museums and I walk around those galleries and I, I am so grateful for every artist that came before me that said, this is something that humans need. This is something that that we should do. This is something that I'm going to show up and do every single day. And being an artist and walking through those halls full of artwork, I am just so thankful and humbled to be part of this lineage of artists, building on ideas, working within mediums, showing up and putting out beautiful and heartfelt and, and work full of inspiration. It is, it's an honor. And I don't think that's something that we should gloss over and take for granted and not acknowledge because the fact that you are an artist today is because there have been millions of artists that have come before you. So the very fact that you exist in this field is a result of someone else's inspiration. That is a gift. That is something that has been given to you and to me. And that is, it's beautiful. So your job as an artist is to take ideas to turn them around and around in your mind, to allow your mind to be an open and fertile space that is accepting and enabling of ideas. And then as you are this giant human-sized sponge and your mind is more and more open and receptive to ideas, you are then able to take all of those ideas and translate them into something a little bit fresh, a little bit new, something that humans haven't seen before because you are filtering 
your unique concoction of ideas and experiences and ways of approaching life and mental energy and emotional energy and the way that your hands physically move you you are bringing all of that that inspiration and uniqueness to the canvas or to the clay or whatever your thing is fill in the blank here you're bringing all of that to your creative process and creating something fresh and new I love this idea because it gives you freedom to explore and to open your mind to inspiration and ideas. And hopefully, I would also say definitely, to the ideas of thousands and millions of bits of inspiration, not one or two bits of inspiration, not the inspiration of one artist or of one body of work, but that of more than you can ever hope to quantify. When you do that, you're going to create work that is so uniquely beautiful, so uniquely your own, that you definitely have something fresh and new and valuable to bring to the world. What an honor. What a gift. It's so exciting to work in this way. So be an open-hearted artist, but also know that inspiration is precious and ideas are fleeting. Thoughts travel at the speed of light in our, especially in our overly connected world where everything is so integrated and so, I mean, you can get access to any bit of inspiration and information in seconds. And if your ideas are good, which I think they are, if you're following this open-hearted and open-minded approach to gather inspiration, then your ideas are going to resonate with you very, very deeply. And chances are, if your ideas resonate with you, they will also resonate with others. And because information travels at the speed of light and inspiration is so attractive and so alluring, which is amazing for your sales, amazing for your profitability, amazing for your business and the reach of your work, because of that, your work will resonate with people. It will resonate with both your buyers, your collectors, your, you know, your audience members, but it will also resonate with the creative community. This is a good thing. I just want to say that right up front before you think I'm going to say, oh no, hide. Oh no, don't show your work. Oh, protect it, copyright it, hide it, put it in galleries where the price tag is too high to even walk inside. I'm not going to say any of that to you, although the gallery is saying you can totally do that if you want to, of course, and also copyright. That's also totally fine. We'll talk about all that in a minute. But the heart of all of those um, limited mindset mentalities is protect your work because if you don't, it will be taken advantage of. It will be stolen. It will be abused. It will be used in ways you don't approve of. And while you should be aware of all of those risks and you should be wise and you should be the caretaker of your creative work, do not limit your work. Do not, do not box your work up or hide it or allow it to live a stifled life because of your fear. If you hope to make any measurable impact in the creative world, in the world in general, then your impact in the creative community will be measured. Think about this. Look at our history. How similar are the impressionists to each other? They all have their own style. They all have their slight different approach to the medium. They all have their different outlook. And yet there are some pretty big similarities amongst the impressionists. I mean, how many artists have tried their hand at splatter painting since Pollock? Or why do all of the Renaissance artists 
paint egg tempera portraits with that same very similar glowing skin, staring eyes, um, highly delicate lace. They all look very, very similar. How many artists are currently currently today creating layered abstract paintings, watercolor florals, and landscapes with big skies. Styles evolve. We know this in the fashion world. We know this in the interior design world. They certainly also evolve in art. And if you want to be a part of that, which P.S. if you are a painter or an artist today, you are a part of that by default because you are living and creating in 2018 or oh my gosh, 2019. We're all inspiring each other. We are all creating in this big mashup of ideas that includes your work, that includes your opinions, that includes your ideas. And it means you're doing something really meaningful. If you are adding your voice to this, to this beautiful symphony, then you are doing something that matters. And that is incredibly exciting. This has been happening for a while, but I think with the connectivity of our world today, The collective unconscious doesn't exist as much anymore as it has in the past. The collective conscience, however, is incredibly active. We are all so connected and our ideas are flowing like water through our minds. That doesn't make much sense, but you get what I mean. We're so interconnected. It's really kind of hard to have an original thought these days. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't try. I'm not saying that you need to find your, that you don't need to find pure inspiration because you absolutely must. If you want to have a career as an artist, you cannot rely on external sources. You must rely on your own inspiration. Like I said at the very beginning, which is a gathering of a million points of inspiration, not just one, not just 10, not just 15. Let's start with a thousand. Is that more manageable? 1000 points of inspiration. If you can walk through an entire museum and come away with your own original idea, you're kind of onto a good start because you have just gathered a thousand points of inspiration by looking at a thousand paintings or, you know, maybe 500 or so. If you can do that and come out of there inspired to do something, that's a really good place to start. Now take that same mentality, that same concept and bring it to a walk through nature or a walk through an art supply store or a walk through New York City or wherever you find inspiration, which hopefully is in several different mediums in different places, then absorb all of it. Let it all come into you. Let it be something that really transforms the way that your brain functions, that your the way that your mind thinks. And if you're doing that, and then if you're creating work and it's resonating with your audience, then just know, and, and please don't let this scare you, but know that your work is going to have an impact. Your work is going to have a voice and a presence, and it's going to mean something to people, which yes, means that it might be copied. And we're going to talk about what to do when that happens, because I understand that the idea of someone copying your work might make you a little bit nauseous. It is not flattery. Let's just say that right from the beginning. It does not feel like flattery. It feels terrible. It feels like someone has punched you in the stomach. I know because I still feel this way, even with everything we're going to talk about, everything that I've experienced, I've dealt with many of these cases and um, and yet I know this does not feel good. I know that it's hard to get over the, the surprise of that moment and yeah, it's not it's not a flattery. That always cracks me up when people are like, oh, it's just, it, they're being so honoring of your work and they love what you created. So they wanted to create something just like it. 
Oh, no, no, no. Not only is that illegal, but it's really um, deflating to the original artist. So let's talk about how to handle that situation if you find yourself in that moment, which I hope nobody does. I hope that having this conversation out loud and um, letting this spread, which by the way, thank you guys for sharing this episode or the last episode. I mean, also this one too, I hope. Um, Having you guys share the last episode so much led to more downloads than I've ever had on this podcast. It was really incredible. My numbers were off the chart. So I do hope that we are speaking truth and love and clarity into a topic that doesn't get a lot of airtime because it's awkward for everybody involved. Okay, so the first point I want to make, if you think that your work is at risk or is possibly already being copied, the first thing I want to say is congratulations. While this is absolutely not flattery and you should you probably do feel bad and that's understandable. I'm not I'm not discounting that at all. But also, you are making an impact. Like I said in the last little monologue that I just spilled out of my heart, um, your work is making, it's it's meaningful. It's impacting people. People are looking at it, resonating with it. It's sinking into their subconscious and into their mind, and they love it. So you are making a difference. You are making an impact. And I hope that you see the result of that in sales and in collectors and in positive comments and in beautiful things coming to you because of that, not just, you know, people copying your work. I hope that you're getting a lot of bountiful reward for your hard work and your good effort. But of course, the other side of that is, yes, people will copy you. And should you be thrilled about it? No, you should not. As the creator of your work, you are also the one who is in charge of protecting your work. Now, this is not an act of selfishness or a fear. This is not an act of scarcity or of you trying to put your work in a box and block it away from the world. No, no, no. This is an act of you valuing and honoring your work and asking others to do the same. Let me say that again. This is an act of you valuing and honoring your work so that others can do the same. Please don't feel the need to hide your work or keep it behind a tall wall. The energy of your work needs to be valued and needs to be honored. And in order for your work to really have its own voice and have its own life in the world, it needs to be shared. It wants to be seen and loved and it wants to be a source of light for others. So let it shine. Let it be seen. Let it be widely distributed on Pinterest and widely viewed on Etsy and widely seen on Instagram. Because the purpose of your work, the real reason you created it, is a form of self-expression and as a source of communication and clarity for others. So let it do its job. Let it be seen and widely loved. Now, a lot of artists get stuck here. A lot of artists send me messages saying that they're so afraid to share their work because they don't want it to be copied or stolen or they don't want the digital images to be used or abused. They, they're really nervous about letting their work be seen publicly because they are so afraid of, of it being abused in some way. That is just crippling your own creative efforts. That is just putting a blindfold and a gag and handcuffs on the creative energy that you have poured so much love and care into. So please don't do that. Please let it be seen. Please let it be shared and, and appreciated and let it speak on its own. 
Now, another thing that I see frequently in the creative community and in my DMs and my emails, and just as I'm active in this space, is artists seeing something moderately similar to their work, either in form or in medium or in concept, and instantly assuming that it was a malicious reproduction of their own work, that it was a stolen copy, that they are out to get them, that they are just copying for the sake of cutting corners and stealing from the artist. And it really, if that is what you first assumed, please know that I know that feeling hurts and it can be really hard to clear your head, to clear your energy and look at things honestly and logically. And in reality, when I see the uh, examples that they're pointing to or someone else does, there may be many more differences than the artists can distinguish on their own. There may be many more things that are dissimilar than there are similar. For example, this past week, a friend of mine showed me an example of two, um, actually I'll, I'll keep this kind of vague because I don't want to call anyone out. They showed me an example of two different people's creative works that were a similar medium and a similar subject matter, vastly different in form and composition and in exact subject matter, both doing flowers, but different flowers, different formations, different, you know, so many differences, so many differences. And yet one of the artists was being publicly and pretty harshly called out on social media and a really... I, I would be very hurt if it was me. If it was my work being talked about in this way, it would be crushing the way that they were being talked about. So as an outsider looking at both the pieces of artwork objectively without emotions involved, I saw so many differences. I would not think that they were copying. I would not think that they were maybe even inspired by this person. And yet they were pretty heartlessly attacked. I want to avoid all of that. That is hurtful. That is demeaning to everybody involved, including yourself. That is not good for your work. That is definitely not good for their work. That kind of energy is literally toxic. We're going to avoid all of that in everything I talk about, just so we are clear. Do not do this unless it's an extreme and, you know, a case that needs to be very public. And I would say that if you are talking about a person, if you are confronting a person, then definitely keep it private. If you are confronting a company and a giant business, a corporation, then you can make it a little bit louder, a little bit more public because you need a louder and bigger voice. So that is probably okay, although I would still start with an internal email. Give them respect, give them the chance to do what's right privately, and then if needed in that case where it is a giant company, you can go a bit more public and maybe get some some of your creative friends to rally around you and help you deal with this more more um you know in a group but if it is you talking to a fellow creative a solo entrepreneur or a very very small company of let's say under 10 employees if it's you talking to a person you know their name you know if you email them you'll get into their inbox and they'll read it then definitely do both of you the honor of keeping this private keeping this in between the two of you let let both of you talk out your differences and you know come to an agreement together all right, I'm going to talk from my experience in this matter because I I feel like I just need to be honest with you guys. I have not had to deal with a large company. I have not had to deal with my work being stolen and resold without my permission. I have not had to deal with factories in China reproducing my work, which I know some of my artist friends have had to deal with that. 
I'm going to speak from my experience of I had been copied many, many times by young artists starting out. Young is a relative term. It means how long you've been creating work, not how old you are. I have also been copied by intermediate artists that are refinding their voice and reestablishing some new aspect of their business or of their creative practice. And I have been copied by a couple of more established and well-respected creatives. I have never had to sue anybody, although again, I have friends who have done that. And I've seen that happen from both sides, both from a friend of mine having to sue another artist and from the side of the artist who is being sued. I, I'll talk to that a little bit in, the, in just a bit, but I have been able to 100% avoid that and I hope to 100% avoid that for the rest of my career because that is just all the wrong kind of energy. I really hope that never is something that I have to do. However, Let me give you a few of my guidelines for what to do when this issue does arise. Now, as I said before, the purpose of all of this is to honor and respect my work and for you to honor and respect your work. You are dealing with a human who is on their own creative journey. They are not trying to maliciously attack you. I can pretty much guarantee after talking to many, 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 many creatives, thousands of creatives, that their hearts are pretty good. They're trying to create beauty. They're trying to do something that fulfills them, that speaks life into their life, that resonates with their audience. Their method may not be quite honorable, but their intention usually is. And I've had the honor of inspiring, I would say a a couple of hundred of creatives at this point, which I honestly do. I know I talked a little bit about how it it is not a compliment to get copied. But I honestly, just in the past few months, have considered it a bit of an honor to be inspiring other creatives. It's taken a lot of maturity. It's taken a lot of growth on my part, but I really do see it now as kind of something beautiful. Now, it still feels nasty. It still hurts for quite quite a few minutes. But after I let that emotion flow through me, let it pass, look at this from the outside, What I'm realizing is I am creating work that I love, that really matters to me, that I resonate with, that I am filtering through all of my 1 million points of inspiration coming through me, coming onto my canvas or my paper. That's all flowing through me and it's resonating with other people. And yes, it gets purchased. Yes, I have collections that sell out within a couple of hours. Yes, people buy my work and buy my reproductions and sign up for my courses. And it's, it's, it's working. People love what I do because I am creating from a very pure source that really brings me so much deep, deep joy. And I've refined my, my methods and my hands and my head are working together relatively well by this point. And it's, it's working. It's great. It's working. I'm so happy about that. So of course... It's also going to inspire other creative practices, right? Like if you're doing it right, it will inspire others. If you're doing it right, you're going to reach an audience that's large enough that of course someone is going to be inspired by your creative practice as well as your work and your spirit and your ethic and all these kinds of things. So now when I see people that are creating work that resembles mine, at first it stings. At first I say, oh no, don't do it. Don't do it. I don't have to deal with this. And then I say, it's working. It's working. Like my work is speaking and it's speaking so loudly. They hear it in their own head while they go about their creative work. 
that's pretty cool. Like it really is pretty cool. I know it stings. I know it feels nasty. And I know like, um, objectively that, that I can allow it to continue because it's devaluing the value of my work, which as I talked about before is not a scarcity mindset. It is not a fear-based, um, emotion. It is purely establishing the value of my work because my work needs to be valued. I am honoring my work in that sentiment. And I want you to, I'm, I'm saying this from my first person experience, but I want you to internalize this for yourself as well. Like your work deserves to be honored. Your work deserves to be, to be fought for and, and loved and cherished and protected in all the ways that you hope to also be loved and cherished and protected. So that's my heart when I come at these situations. I love the artist. I really do. I love nurturing. I love um, mentoring artists. Like I said, I have thousands of people that I've mentored over the past couple of years and few years. And they are 99% wonderful and like just the best humans on earth, in my opinion. So keeping that in mind, keeping that I know this community, I know that the people that fill this space are good and just want to create work that they love and that their audiences love. I try to approach the situation with a lot of love and heart. And remember that I'm just, I'm dealing with a real human who is good and and creative at their core. And I found that you know, in all things, right? In all things, gentleness and kindness actually go a really long ways and they actually get you pretty good results overall. So that's kind of my MO in this area, especially because usually the person receiving the email from me, which I'll I'll read over in just a moment, the person receiving this email is, um, they're not malicious. They're not a villain. They're not trying to steal and maim and hurt me. They're just trying to create good work. And this is how they hope to do it. And of course, it's not right. And of course, I need to stop letting this happen. But their heart is usually pretty darn good. So here are a few tips that I use when when discerning if I need to take this step and if I need to go through this effort. Now, first of all, I should say, if it affects your energy, you need to get that in check first. If, for instance, if you are coming to your creative process with weight and with um, sorrow and with anger and with feeling hurt in some way because of the situation, handle that first because that is hurting you much, much more than this other artist will ever hurt you. Negativity is toxic for your creative efforts. Okay, so do that first. That is point number one. Do not ever let it derail your creative efforts. Do not ever let it get in the way of you and your inspiration. That's really important to be aware of. Okay, so when I look at someone's work and I see so many similarities, and this is again a gray area, but you are going to know objectively after you calm down, after you get some insight from some creative friends or from your partner or from people that you can trust that are not going to, you know, take this out of your control, that are not going to rile you up for no reason, that are going to be honest and objective with you. If you agree after you're calm that this person's work is crossing a line and is so similar to your work. Um, I said in the last episode that a good rule of thumb is a 70% similarity, 30% difference. It's kind of just a gentle and kind of like an easy way to think about this. You know, are they different from you in 30%? Um, that's kind of a good rule of thumb. 
But again, that's really ambiguous and really vague. So what I try to look for is similarities. How many areas are they similar to me? And then how many ways are they different from me? And it's pretty easy to find a lot of differences, especially if they are a younger artist who's not, um, their head and their hands aren't talking together quite eloquently yet, and they have some stylistic you know, um, aesthetic issues to work through and some hand-eye coordination issues to work through, you can find a lot of differences. Now, that doesn't mean that you should just say, oh, well, it's fine because they're not as good at painting as I am or as good at sculpture as I am or as good at, you know, whatever. That's not quite the point here. The point is, are they trying to take from you or are they not? If you think that they are trying to take from you, intentionally or otherwise it's not for you to decide necessarily and they have done so many times so let's say there was a collection forming or a body of work forming or a series of of things forming then you know that it's probably a good idea to talk to them now a few other things that i look for are they presenting themselves as a professional artist number three do they have a shop an online shop, a studio space, and or a gallery representation. So are they saying, I am professional, I am selling my work, I am putting it out into the world as my own? Are they putting their work into the world publicly? So is it all over social media? Is it all over Pinterest? Is it all over Etsy? Whatever they, wherever they are present, are they putting your the work that is heavily inspired by you out into the world and calling it their own with quite a large splash. Number five, are they creating work that resembles my own consistently? So is this like, like a momentary thing? Is this a summer hobby? Is this a, a couple of paintings or one painting? Or is this a trend where they are consistently looking to my inspiration as their own? Number six, do they seem to be at least two years into their business? Now, I, I say this because I do not go after artists who are in their first year. If you're in your first year and you paint something that is just like me, please stop. That's not cool. But I, as someone who is in a position of mentoring and in a position of, of kind of nurturing younger artists with my courses and my membership, I don't want to be the kind of person that squelches that initial burst of inspiration because I know that if they are healthy and if they are thriving and if they have true inspiration, they will evolve. They will grow out of this. This will not become, they, they can't keep this up forever. It's not, it's not fun. It's not joyous to create work that looks like someone else's work. So as they learn that there are so much, there's so much better ways to create, so many better ways to create they will move past this. This is just a skill thing. Again, if you are in year one or two of your creative journey, do not copy. It is definitely not the way to go. I think that I've said that plenty of times throughout these two episodes, but find your own inspiration. It is beautiful. It is worth it. It's the way to create a career that will last, that will nurture you, that will be profitable. So do that. Please do that. Okay. If all of those criteria are met, they are creating work that is just like mine consistently, they are presenting themselves as a professional artist, they have a shop, online shop, studio space, or gallery, they're putting their work into the world publicly and consistently, their work resembles mine uh, not just for a moment, not just for you know a couple of, of weeks, but consistently over whatever I can see. You know, if it's my my kind of my rule of thumb is if it's longer than a couple of months, then I'll be like, hey, don't continue this. Please stop. Not cool. 
And then the sixth point is, do they seem to be more advanced in their career, a little bit more established? Then I'll reach out with an email that sounds something like this. Hello, so-and-so. I'm a bit uncomfortable sending this email, but I wanted to reach out to you because I deeply respect your journey as an artist and as a member of the creative community. I spent some time on your website and the similarities I see between our work is just a bit too close in several areas. And here I give some examples, something like um, subject matter, colors, style of clouds, composition, whatever it may apply to your work. For instance, the colors, and then I would give more examples that are a little bit more in depth. So for instance, the colors and compositions between my piece, Place of Magic, and the piece that you posted in the black frame are nearly identical. I hope that the overlap is completely unintentional, but I would ask that you work to develop a style that is truly your own going forward. It's clear that you have so much talent and heart and that your audience is going to support your work so wholeheartedly. I hope you also understand my need to protect my work and that you would do the same for your own creative work. Please let me know if you want to talk through any of the specifics or if you have any questions. I would also ask that you remove said paintings from whatever it may be. And then I sign off and click send and do my very best to truly forget about this because like I said, if this brings my energy down, then I'm, I'm not doing well. Okay, let's talk about a few practical ways to protect your work. Now, you can and should protect your creative work. This is your duty as your work's creator. You are the one that that made these pieces exist in the world, and it is your job to honor and support them and to value them and to ask everyone around you to do the same. So you can protect your work by copywriting it, of course. In the U.S., you can copyright your work very easily at copyright.gov. You also have intellectual property rights. This covers quote unquote creations of the mind, which I love that phrase. It's so great. So intellectual property rights cover everything that comes out of your creative efforts. So anything that is an invention or a result of creativity or uh, a manuscript, a design, a painting, a, a composition, a, you know, everything that comes out of your ingenuity and out of your mind is technically covered under intellectual property rights. Now, this is a little bit harder to pinpoint. If you copyright your work, you have a date, you have such high legal standing, there's no question at all about who owns the copyright to that idea. Intellectual property is a little bit fuzzier because it's not quite as defined. Of course, if you publish something on social media or if you publish it on your website, you have a date associated with that and you can clearly say that no, this came first. I did this first. I've been doing this for much, much longer. You clearly need to, you know, rethink this a little bit. But if you don't have a date associated with it, it can be a little bit harder to prove. You are also really fortunate in the U.S. and I'm assuming in Europe and other places as well. A lot of lawyers offer pro bono work. So if you need to hand this off to a lawyer, please do so. Because if it is engaging your energy, if it's bringing you down, if it's really weighing on you, and if it's a, a, a situation that's a little bit more robust than a simple email can handle, please hand this off to a lawyer. A way to find a great pro bono lawyer that donates time and services to arts um, arts organizations and artists is to reach out to your local art league or your local 
um, arts commission or your arts council, whatever you guys call it in your area, and see if they have a contact. They probably do, and it will probably be free. If it's not free, it's still worth it because if it's bringing you down, if it's bringing your creative work down, anything is worth getting back to your your energized and you know creative self so work hard to make sure that you don't compromise that hire legal advice when needed and do your best to just maintain that creative energy that is just so precious energy is your life if you are a creative entrepreneur energy is the best currency you can give yourself it is the best reward you can give yourself to nurture your energy your energy will impact your work more than any external source and here's the deal it can be really tempting to kind of wallow if only for 10 minutes or an hour or good heavens, maybe even a whole day on these kinds of situations because they are hurtful and they are, especially if it's your first experience with this, they're shocking and it's very, it's very uncomfortable and it's distressing, but do not let it hurt your energy. Do not let it keep you out of the studio. Do not let it keep you from feeling freedom and feeling expressive and feeling like you are creating things that are so beautiful and so powerful. So do what you need to do to protect that energy and protect that that beautiful source of inspiration within yourself. If it helps you to block the person on Instagram, then do that. If it helps you to remove them from your email list, then do that. If it helps you to copy the email that I just read out loud to you and send it, then do that. But before you do, please make sure that you are being objective and honest and that you're not attacking someone that doesn't deserve it. You don't own flowers. You don't own abstracts. You don't own landscapes. You don't own faces. You don't own whatever your subject matter is. You don't own it. So make sure that you are really clear about what you are getting upset about and only get, mm, I don't even want to say get upset because please don't, but only pour your energy into things that actually deserve your attention. And to let you in a little bit on what happens after I reach out to the other artist and send that email or that DM, whatever it may be. Um, oh my gosh, you guys, I think I've sent this email 10 times, which as I said, I've had many, many instances where I have ignored the situation because I didn't feel like it was needed. I didn't feel like it was worth the negative energy it was going to bring to me. I didn't feel like I needed to mm, ruin that artist's day or hurt them in some way just because I felt a little bit insecure about how close they were getting to my work. But in the instances where I have reached out to the artist, nine times out of 10, there's only been one instance which they didn't reply at all, but the other nine have replied with the sweetest thank yous and genuine, um, genuine gratitude for pointing out that they have a voice, that they need to stick to their voice because it's good and beautiful and that, that when they have their own inspiration and when they have their own... Um, you know, their own point of, of conversation with their audience and be in inside of their work, their work is so much better and so much more beautiful. So I hope that encourages you that, that if it's needed and if the criteria, criteria are met, that they are truly copying your work. There are many resemblances amongst many pieces. They are far enough along in their career that you're not going to cut down a brand new artist. That's not the goal here at all and they are, you know, all the, all the criteria met. If so, then they're going to really value your feedback and they're going to know that it's time for them to create work that's truly authentically theirs. Because here's the deal, if you are going to make it in this space, 
then you have to evolve. You have to consistently evolve into your own style and into your own voice. And that should change year after year after year. If any of us are stagnant, if any of us are relying on the past or relying on other people or, or other sources of inspiration beyond things that are true and authentic, then you're going to remain stagnant. You're going to fail. You're not going to thrive. You're not going to grow. If you're going to thrive and have a profitable lasting business, then you must stand on your own two feet and you must tap into your own creativity. And there's a really beautiful truth that I have found to be accurate time and time again. People who copy you are relying on an old version of you. If you continue innovating, if you continue evolving and creating good work at such a clip that they cannot keep up because they don't have your skill and your thought and your innate passion, your innate inspiration towards the subject matter, they are going to fade. They are going to fizzle out because they can't keep up with you and they're not creating from a genuine source anyway. So it's not like it's fulfilling and driving them to continue copying your work time and time again. That's not fun. No one wants to do that forever. So yes, you should protect the integrity of your work. You should honor and respect it and ask others to do the same especially if you are a fine artist or an independent designer, the value of your work is your lifeline. The value of your work is your bread and butter. If people don't value what you do, you're not going to sell anything. And that's just not healthy for anyone involved because by proxy, your creative works lifeline is your lifeline. If you feel stolen from and abused, your work is going to suffer. The other side of that is if you feel free and thriving and like you're able to create and share boldly and honestly because you A, have a plan if this line gets crossed and B, you don't honestly care that much. Really, don't let it get inside of you. Don't let it hurt you. Don't let it bring you down. If you can overcome all of those things in your mental energy and your emotional energy, then you can create so powerfully and so effectively that the entire world will take notice. And when they do, yes, you may also attract some copycats, but you will also attract a bountiful and thriving and joyous creative career that is worth that's worth everything in my opinion so focus on that a hundred percent know how to deal with the the issues that arise when they arise but know that they are few and far between and most of the time they don't deserve your energy most of the time they don't deserve to bring you down they don't deserve to derail you or impact your creative work in the slightest continue on create beautiful work and just be beautiful and powerful all right i hope this has been encouraging and inspiring to you Please go download the PDF that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, how to sell your own art online. This is a really good sister conversation. Once you have created your own beautiful work, once you're proud of it and you love it and it's singing and it's resonating with you and you know that it's pure and good and from your inspiration, how do you sell it? How do you get it into the world effectively and and really convincingly and elegantly? This PDF will help you do that. So go to emilyjeffords.com forward slash how to sell art super easy. emilyjeffords.com forward slash how to sell art. You can get the free guide there. I hope it's super helpful for you, especially as we enter the holiday season, which is one of the best times to sell art of the entire year. Okay. I will be back in three weeks. I'm taking an extra long break because I will be in Europe for two weeks. So I will see you when I get back and 
we'll see what we talk about. I actually don't have the next episode planned. So if you have recommendations, reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. I have a few ideas. I have a notebook full of podcast ideas, but I'd love to hear from you. I don't have it pre-recorded. I don't have it pre-planned. So if you have a, a topic idea, reach out to me and we can, we can figure that out. All right. May you be well, may you create good work and may you always do it for the process. See you next time.